0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon, and as always, super stoked to be here and chat with you today. So before I jump in today, I want to address something that came up in a conversation um, with with an associate of mine. So they asked me the question. They said, Jay, I thought you were the fitness and nutrition dude. I thought you helped people lose weight thought you help people get a handle on their fitness and the nutrition, their eating right and eat this, don't eat that and all that jazz. And I said I absolutely do. That's one of the things that I do, but it's absolutely not the most important thing that I do. And he was like, "You're always talking about like mindset and giving people like tasks and things to do to help them, you know, improve their mindset or get over something or get over their old story or get past something, but very rarely are you talking about like the nuts and bolts of eat this don't eat that. And my reply was simply this is the eat this don't eat that thing has been played. Like that's that's done. Like we're all intelligent enough. There's nobody listening to me right now that doesn't know that a kale salad is better for you than a donut. But what people don't realize and what they don't know and what they're not taking action on is the reasons why they're always choosing the donut. They're not taking action on the reasons why they get stuck in these ruts where they then they turn to food to abuse themselves to cover up other emotions. They're not addressing the reasons why they lose weight and then gain it all back. You see, none of those things I just described have anything to do with a kale salad versus a donut. What they have to do with is the 80% psychology or mindset that I'm always talking about And if you don't correct those things, if we don't get a handle on those things, if we don't handle the little things that are happening in your everyday life, outside of your nutrition and outside of your fitness, then you will always, always, always go back to where you started from because you changed nothing from a mindset or a psychological perspective. You changed everything mechanical and the mechanical piece will always break down. So when the mechanical piece, thank God it's only 20% breaks down, if your mindset, the 80%, 80% is where it needs to be, then you've got a chance. But if you flip the script on that and you go 80% mechanics, most people go 99% mechanics and maybe 1% mindset. And that's why they always go back to where they started. That's why they always fail. That's why they always gain the weight back. That's why they always struggle. And so my reply was him was, I have to do what I'm doing. I have to talk about this stuff that nobody else is talking about. It would be really easy to get on here and say, hey, guys, I really want you to have more kale today. And, you know, we could rah-rah and do all that kind of jazz. That's not the, that's not the stuff that's going to work. Like that might work for a minute. That might work for a month, but that's not going to work long term. We've got to get the issues corrected that are related to the reasons why you are in the situation you're in in the first place. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you. And I think it made sense to them after I explained it in that that fashion. But you guys don't need me to come on here and say, hey, don't eat 27 donuts a day. Like you don't need that crap from me. I would be wasting your time and I would be wasting my time and the reason I'm here. And the reason I'm here is not to tell you not to eat cookies at night right before you go to bed. You know that. You don't need me to tell you that. So here's the deal. Today we're going to jump into, we're even going to go deeper into the streets on the psychological and the mindset warfare that we've got to get better at in order to get our lives, not just even health and fitness. He even asked me that. He's like, why do you talk about relationships? Why do you talk about spirituality? Why do you talk about money and work? And I say, because it's all tied together. You cannot have one bucket. You can't have just a health and fitness bucket that's rocking and rolling and the rest of your life you don't pay any attention to and think that your health and fitness bucket is not eventually going to be compromised because it will. All we are is energy and our energy must flow collectively in all of our buckets and all of our aspects of life in order to create that 360 degree magic that we're all trying to create. So that's why I'm talking about everything I'm talking about because it all matters. It's all tied together. And so what we're going to talk about today is going to impact every aspect of your life. Yes, your fitness and nutrition. Yes, your relationships. Yes, your spirituality. Yes, your work and your money. Because these five things are destroying you and keeping you from achieving everything that you deserve and everything that you desire in your life. And until you get a handle on these five things that I'm going to talk about today, today we're going to talk about five wasted emotions that you must let go of today. Five emotions that you are using to hold yourself back. And I say you're using them because you are. Many of you are addicted to these five emotions. And if you will get unaddicted and you will get aware of when and why you're using these it will help you in so many ways. You will be able to get past some of this petty nonsense that you're dealing with and doing on a daily basis, and it will help every area of your life, every area. So let's jump, let's jump in. So five wasted emotions that you must let go of today. Number one, big boy. I mean, this is one that is controlling you guys and is wasting your time and your life on a daily basis, and it's hate. Like I hear it all the time. People use the word hate like I hate this, I hate that. People hate people they don't even know. People hate people on TV. People hate everything. They use, the, they use the word so liberally these days that it doesn't even have the connotation or the impact or the meaning that it was probably first said with thousands and thousands of years ago. We use it just like and and the. So if you're living in hatred or perceived hatred or using that word on a daily basis about things that don't even have relevancy to to need a word like that associated with them, and if you're someone who hates another individual or another type of person or situation or place or anything, you have got to remove this emotion, this wasted emotion from your world and from your vocabulary and from your life. Because I can promise you, if you're living in hatred in your thoughts, your words, and your actions, I can guarantee you that you are not living the life that you should be, could be, and deserve to be living. I don't know one person that is filled with hate that is thriving in life. I don't. I've never met one. You can, if you meet somebody like that that's just full of hate and all that nonsense, you can just look at them and see that like, their life is not fruitful, like, their life is not powerful, their life is not magic. Like they're living, they're they're not even living. They're just barely getting by. They're on on that last thread and eventually that's going to break down. And so the key to this and all you have to do, and this is simplistic, is all you have to do is exchange this wasted emotion for the most powerful force on the planet and everything for you will change immediately. All you have to do is exchange your love for hate and magic will happen in your life. Start leading with love everywhere you go. If someone irritates you, or you, you you find someone to be despicable, or whatever it, whatever it may be, change your perception of that person and just lead and and give them more love than they've ever gotten in their life. And I promise you, it's not about them; it's about you. All of that weight that you're carrying associated with that just filthy, wasted emotion will melt away. You will you will lose fifty pounds of burden off of your back and off of your shoulders, if you will simply exchange love, I mean, ex- simply replace love where you're using hate today. I promise you, it's that simple. This may It may sound difficult. You'd be like, I can't stand that person. Why would I ever do that? Why wouldn't you do that? What? Wh- Let me ask you this question. What is hate solving for you? What are you getting out of it? What power are you getting out of it? What Positivity are you getting out of it? The answer is nothing. You can't get a piece of paper out right now and write down anything on that paper that you're getting positively from hate. It's not moving your life forward at all. Try it. Get a piece of paper out and write down all the benefits that you get out of hate. It's going to be a zero. You're not going to have anything on that. Now flip that paper over and write down every benefit you get out of love. Everything. You're going to fill the page, you're going to write for hours. That's the difference. It's that simple. Number two, guys, is anger. It's so silly. I used to be angry when I was a little kid. My old man got killed when I was five years old, and I was angry. You know why I was angry? Because I didn't know what else to do. Anger is a secondary emotion. So stick with me, really quick. This is not going to get super um, technological, or that's not even the right word, super scientific, or whatever. But let me just read this. So a second, so you understand, a secondary emotion. Secondary emotions are emotional reactions we have to other emotions. For example, a person may feel ashamed as a result of becoming anxious or sad. In this case, anxiety would be the primary emotion, while shame would be the secondary emotion. So, anger is a secondary emotion. I was I was a five year old kid, a six year old kid, a seven year old kid. I didn't know why I was angry. I wasn't born angry. I I didn't come out of the womb raising Cain and being pissed at the world. But when my dad got killed, I didn't know know how to process my emotions. So it was a secondary emotion for me. So anger is often called a secondary emotion because we tend to resort to anger in order to protect ourselves from or cover up another vulnerable feeling. This was me in a nutshell. I did not know. I was so vulnerable and I was terrified. I was scared to death that the only only emotion I could think of to use as a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid was anger because I was hiding. I hid behind it. And that's what you're doing too. If you're someone who flies off the handle or is always angry, you're probably using it as a protective shield. So a primary feeling is that feeling that we felt immediately before the anger. So here's what you gotta do, guys. You gotta get clear on and address your primary emotion that is leading you to use the anger as that shield. You gotta become self-aware and you've gotta self-audit your emotions and this will make it easier for you to stop the process of anger before it even becomes an option for you. So for me, it was figuring out that, Hey man, you're just afraid. You're, you're scared. You're scared that everybody you love is going to die. You're scared that people are going to judge you for some crazy ass reason that doesn't even make any sense. Like, why would you get judged? Cause your dad got killed. It doesn't make any sense. But this is what we do as humans. Like we don't, if we feel vulnerable and we feel afraid and we feel all of those things and we don't know what to do with those emotions, we'll use anger every single time to hide behind it. I would hide behind that anger not to have to have relationships because I was afraid if I had a relationship, it would end poorly because, well, look what happened to my dad. You know what I mean? So I I, got this, I had this crazy story in my head and it wasn't until I got clear about why I felt how I felt and like the real primary emotions of sadness and loss and vulnerability that I was feeling that I was able to get rid of that anger. Like, now I can tell you, like, I don't get, I can't remember the last time that I got angry. I mean, listen, we all get irritated. We all get like, you know, we all get a little bit pissed from time to time with little things. But I can tell you this, man, I don't get angry. I don't even get irritated that much. If I do, I'm able to snap out of it super quick because I realize that I'm just wasting my time. All I'm doing is hiding behind a secondary emotion that has no... No self-serving prophecy for me. It's not going to get me anywhere I want to go. So if you're doing that, guys, I can promise you that your life will drastically change if you'll set your shield down, put that anger shield on the ground, walk away from it and never pick it up again, and start to address those real emotions that you're feeling, those real those real stuff that you're feeling, and be vulnerable. People won't judge you for it vulnerability, what I've learned over, I'll be 44 years old in October. Vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. If you'll allow yourself to be vulnerable with yourself and with those around you, your life will magically change. People will love you for it. People will respect you for it. What they won't love you and respect you for is anger. Got it? Put it down. Get rid of it. Kick it out today, man. I promise you, your life will change. Number three is fear. These all kind of go together. I was, I was fearful and I was angry at the same time. I was angry because I was fearful and I didn't even know why. So number three is fear, guys. By definition, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. But what most of us do, so what I did is I created a story behind fear. I was fearful that people that you love, they don't stay around very long. So I created that story based off of one tragic, isolated event. But for a long time in my life, I walked with that story as who I was. And I hid behind fear. And that fear made me angry because I was vulnerable and I was scared. You see how these are all tied together? And you see when you start to handle one, how the rest of them will go away. I'm not fearful of that anymore. Like I know that bad things don't happen to me all the time. Like that was an isolated event. I didn't do anything to deserve it. You know what I mean? Like it just happened. And now I have to use that as an opportunity to be a better human being. And so I don't hide behind fear anymore. And I think one of the most important, one of the most important words in there is this. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So let's dig into that word belief to help you overcome your fear, your use of the word fear. You've created, just like I did, either through an experience or a perceived experience that you need to feel fear as a protective shield. And you can insert your story here. This always happens to me blank. I always get blank. And we'll use fear as that. So again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using the same story because it's relevant. At five years old, my dad got killed. So I I created this story in my brain that if I love you, you're probably not going to be around very long. This was my family, my mom, my brother, my grandparents, my anybody, my friends, whatever. I created a fear around that, and I blocked myself from having any kind of connection and any kind of love because of this story that I created based off of one isolated event. I made it a... This it always, I plugged in the word always, well, this always will happen to me because it happened to me once. And so what I realized is that bad things happen to really good people, but it doesn't mean they'll happen over and over and over and over again. So the, the solution to your fear addiction, which is what we all have, some of us are addicted to fear, I was, your solution to the fear addiction is to get honest with yourself about your feelings, it goes back to that vulnerability thing. Are you using fear as a safety net against having to expose yourself to other emotions and situations? The answer for me was, hell yes, I was. I was using fear so that I didn't have to put myself in an exposed situation and love another human being that might not be around for very long. Get it? Some of you guys are doing the very same thing with other, use this, use my, use my story as a metaphor for whatever story you've created of why you're fearful, why you're scared of everything, why you're reverting to anger because of your fear and start to get vulnerable with yourself and be honest and say, this stuff doesn't always have to happen to me. Like I created this nonsense and I can uncreate it. I often find this is the case as I dig into people's stories. As I dig into p- why people are where they are in life, is there's always a story associated with what well, this happened to me when? And they're reliving that story on a daily, minute-by-minute basis. And you know how I know that? I did it. I lived it. I, I walked in my story for a long time. And it wasn't until I began to write a new story that my life changed. So the solution simple. You're not your old story, and you don't have to use fear as a shield anymore. Begin to write your new story using new vocabulary, like fearless, bold, courageous, vulnerable. And the game will change for you. Your life will change. I'm living proof that you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to use anger, your secondary emotion to hide behind. You can put your shield down. You can pick up your pen and you can write your new story every single day. And it can be magical. It should be magical. It deserves to be magical. It has to be. Let's do it. Number four, guys jealousy. Jealousy is a, it's, you know, it's a weird one. This, I got some good stuff on this, and you're going to love this. Jealousy. So, jealousy is a complex emotion that encompasses feelings ranging from fear of abandonment to rage and hum, humiliation. Let me read that again. Jealousy is a complex emotion that encompasses feelings ranging from fear of abandonment to rage and humiliation so a lot of times what i've found with jealousy is that it always stems from a lack mindset or from a fixed mindset people generally feel like because you have something or because they have something that you desire that it's no longer available to you so you may get jealous feelings if you if somebody has something that you want a job a relationship money a body, a a healthy whatever it is, you may think, well, because they have it, I can no longer have that. And that will create a sense of jealousy. But it's completely unfounded, guys. It's one of the most, jealousy is one of the silliest and most wasted emotions on the planet because it doesn't, it's so ridiculous. And I'm not trying to downplay this if you feel this. I'm gonna help you get over this today. I've got a couple of things that I'm gonna share with you that if you'll do, jealousy's out the window. It will no longer have power over you. But really all it is is that you feel like because someone else has something, has done something, is doing something, getting something, that it's no longer available to you. And this could not be further from the truth as there's more than enough for all of us out there. And the real issue is just simply this. You have a fixed mindset. See, so the solution is you've got to flip the script on that and you've got to start to have a growth mindset. Think in abundance. Know that we can all all in capital letters, be, do, and have anything we desire if we're willing to work for it. And it doesn't matter what anyone else has or desires. We can both, we can all have it all. Having a growth mindset and thoughts of abundance is your key to overcoming jealousy. Here's something that I do, guys, and I want you to start it today. You guys know I'm a massive journaler. I've got journals everywhere. But right here in front of me, I've got one of my journals. And I call this my book of abundance inside this all i write down is abundant thoughts i write down all of the successes that i'm going to have and i also write down successes that i want you to have if you're in my life and you tell me you want something you people don't even know this like nobody even knows about this book but i'm going to share it with you right now i'm going to give you an example so I, I had a meeting with one of my with one of my with my buddy one of my clients one of my dudes on saturday and he told me, Andrew, told me about some things that he wants, that he's got coming up, that he wants to happen. So guess what? In my abundance book, I'm writing down Andrew's successes as if they've already happened. So this is a perfect example of Andrew's success does not take away from my success. It doesn't take away from what I'm going to get out of my life. If anything, it makes what I want more possible. Because I'm willing to, I want him to be abundant. I want him to get everything he wants to get. And in return, that energy is going to help me get to where I want to get. So I suggest you guys get yourself a book of abundance and begin to write down all of the things, all the successes that you're going to have in your life. I write them down as if they've already happened. I I wrote down today that my podcast has gone viral and thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world are getting value from my show on a daily basis. That's going to happen. Believe that with all of my heart. I'm not going to share what I wrote down about Andrew's stuff. It's private, but everything he told me, I came back, I got my abundance book and I wrote it down. Andrew will blank. Andrew will have exactly blank. Andrew is going to be so blank, blank, blank because I believe it and I want that for him. My friend, Kim, I saw Kim on Thursday. Kim is having an event in San Diego, a yoga event, and she wants a thousand people to be there. She and I had a conversation about it. I didn't even tell her I was going to do this. I came home that night. I got my book of abundance out and I wrote down, Kim will have 1000 people at her live event and it will be absolutely magical. And I've written that down every day in my abundance book and I will continue to write it down until her live event Has happened, and the thousand people show up. So this is the difference in having a fixed versus a growth mindset. This is a difference in in thinking in abundance. I'm not just thinking about the abundance for myself because I understand that there's so much to go around. There's there's too much. We can all have exactly what I want. And Kim's success, and Andrew's success, and your success does nothing but help me be more successful. We're all connected. We're all energy. That's it. I hope that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, and you've listened to this podcast, send me a note. Like I'll go deeper. I'll go deeper in the streets on this because it's so vital to the shift in your mentality and mindset to help you understand that there's enough out there for all of us. And if we will start to think in that, in those terms, in abundance and in growth, this jealousy thing will just subside. It will just go away. It's a silly, silly, silly wasted emotion. All right. Let's move on. The last one. The last one is weird, man. It's so crazy, and we all do it. The last one is guilt. Psychology today defines guilt as this. Guilt and it's handmaiden. I don't know why psychology today had to get weird and say it's handmaiden. I don't even know what that means. Shame can paralyze us. So think about it. Guilt and shame can absolutely paralyze us. We'll get so focused on feeling guilty about something. And most of the time it's something silly. Like I hear people say all the time, oh, I feel bad. Like feeling bad and feeling guilt are kind of that. Feeling bad is just a a little subtler way of saying you feel guilty about something. Like listen, unless you're an axe murderer, like a, a meth dealer who's like going to like elementary schools and like you got all the kids on meth, like let the guilt go. Let the feeling bad go. You are beautiful people. You're great people. Your intentions are pure. You don't want, you don't have, you don't have the intentions to do bad things to anybody. So let those things go. Let your excessive thoughts of, of feeling bad and resentment and depression and anxiety and all those things go from you. And let me tell you how to do this. The only way to get out of this guilt mentality, this feeling bad mentality, is to replace guilt with gratitude. It's that easy. Living in guilt and gratitude at the same time is impossible. If you will get grateful, your guilt will go away because you're going to see how your intentions are pure and how your thoughts are pure and how you want the best for yourself and for everybody else. If you're a person, that is always feel, if you're a person who always feels guilty or bad about something, start using gratitude to shift your mindset right now. So right now while you're listening to this, hit the pause button, or as soon as it's over, I'm about to stop running my mouth so you can dig into these and start getting past this crap. I want you to write down three things you're grateful for right now in your life. And then I want you to take it a step further. I also want you to write down three reasons why you're a fantastic person. This may be hard because it's hard for us to talk positively about ourselves because we have so much negative self-talk. It's going to be tough for you, but I want you to do it right now. Write down three things you're thankful for, thankful and grateful for. Write down three reasons why you're a fantastic person. It's okay. Be nice to yourself. Write them down. It's okay. And then let's triple down on this. Let's kill the guilt right now. Right now, I want you to send three people a little text message right now. You just tell them how much you appreciate having, having them in your life. Simple. Hey, Bob. I really appreciate having you in my life. I just wanted you to know that. I hope you have a beautiful night. Send three of those right now. See what happens. See what happens when you do these three actions. Write down three things you're grateful for, three reasons you're a fantastic person, and send three acknowledgements to someone, letting them know how much you appreciate them. And watch what happens. And do this on a daily basis until that guilt is replaced with gratitude and until that becomes just second nature for you. Guys, if you'll walk through these five things that I talked about tonight, if you'll get serious about them and you'll you'll actually self-audit and become self-aware of when you're using these and why you're using these and use the tips and the tools that I talked to you about tonight, they will all go away. Your life will get better. Your life will get more fruitful. Your life will get more magical and you'll actually start to live and thrive in the life that you deserve. I can promise you that. So I hope you got extreme value out of this. If you did, you know the drill. Share this with somebody. Somebody in your life is is getting bogged down by these five things. I guarantee you. Send them the podcast and just say, listen. Take a listen. Less than 30 minutes. It will change your life if you'll do the work on it. So guys. Until next time, I love you. I hope you're having a beautiful day, a beautiful night, a beautiful time whenever you listen to this. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep going and growing. All right, love you. We'll talk to you soon.